morning and welcome to Friday. Yeah, we made it to another weekend. I'm Joe Jacob, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And after a wonderful, wonderful rainy, rainy Thursday, the sun is back out. Uh, I'll be heading out early today. I'm going to uh, go to the golf course. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, it's been... It's been a, a tough morning for me. You know, I, I got up, I'm driving to work, and uh, the 101, it is under, you know, in, in Arizona, right, the freeway's always under construction because we always got to make it bigger, right? doesn't matter how many lanes it is, we always need another one. Uh, but they've been working on But the exit that I take to go to work, 19th Avenue, it's closed. Because they're, you know, got to make the uh, the new exit and blah, 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 yada, yada. It's closed for the next, I don't know, like the next month. And, and you know how it is. You, you, I've made this drive for years now. So at my, I'm, I'm pre-programmed to, to drive to the 19th Avenue exit. And I keep forgetting that it's closed. It just closed this week, but... That requires me to get onto the I-17, go to Pinnacle Peak, and come the other way. If I miss turning the you know the exit before, and and I did, and I forgot, and then I was like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. I normally don't eat breakfast, but it's kind of hungry, and I was like, you know, there's one of those one of those Bertos at Pinnacle Peak, and and and. Uh, 19th Avenue. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat there. I'm gonna get a breakfast burrito. I've never, never gone there before, and I don't know what Berto it is. And I, you know, maybe in Colorado you don't know what I'm talking about, but in Arizona we've got these Mex these Mexican restaurants, and and they're all they all end in Berto, but it's Filiberto with an F, Filiberto with a P, Juanaberto, you name it, Filiberto. They. Throw your first name in there plus Berto and uh, see. Thank you, Ramon. See, Ramon knows, right? Julio Berto. There, there, there's a bunch of them. It's it's almost comical uh, uh, with uh, the about one of them says they're the original one and actually puts it on their cup. The original Berto. Uh, I don't know where that one is, but uh, Brooke was telling me. But long story short, I get to the drive-through. There's there's a car in front of me. And as I'm waiting, a car comes behind me, and then I get up. It's my turn. And I just want, like, a, a, a bacon and egg burrito. You know, basic. Uh, it's almost $8. It's like seven, seven something plus tax. And, I, and I'm like, if, if I wasn't trapped, I'd be like, forget it. I'm not paying $8 for a, a burrito for breakfast. So I'm there, so I'm like, all right, give me the bacon, you know, and I pay my $7.79, and I'm like, I'm never, in my mind, I'm just like, I'm never coming here for breakfast again. I, uh, You know, the, so I, I get it, you know, boom, boom, I, I come to the office, I put the coffee on, I get this, I pull the burrito out of the bag, and it's like, oh my God, this thing is, it's massive. And I'm thinking, 
who who could possibly eat this whole thing, especially for breakfast? Now, again, I felt a little better now about having to pay $8. But this was enough burrito to feed three or four people. But, you know, I... I, I I start eating the burrito, and I'm probably about a third through this thing, and I've had plenty. But, you know, those of you that come to the office, I, you know, I'm a little bigger guy, and and my wife says it's one of my one of my weaknesses. I'll keep eating. There's food there. I, I, even though I'm, I, I'm full, I'm going to keep eating. So I take... You know, a couple more attempts at this thing. I don't even get halfway through it. When, you know, I I, I start to get the sweats, right, the meat sweats. Uh, the food coma is setting in. You know, and I finally, you know, threw the rest of it in in, in, in the back in the bag. And, you know, you don't keep a breakfast burrito. So you, you threw it away. And I'm like, you know, I should go over there and tell them, listen, cut that thing in half and charge four bucks plus tax, you, you'll be better off, but, oh, man, the whole morning, I've been fighting off the uh, the food coma, I'm barely awake, uh, Brooke showed up, she was like, I forgot I even had to work today, so it's been a mess, uh, but if you're uh, eating at one of those Bertos for breakfast, I'm worried about the construction guys, right, because, you know, one of these guys tries to take this burrito down. Next thing you know, he's going to have to take a nap on a girder or something. It was, uh, wow. Anyway, there you go. There's my, there's, my, there's my Friday breakfast burrito story. 800-951-0592. I'm sweating right now. All, all American gold cops. I am. Brooke, turn the air down. Holy smokes. Uh, happy Friday to everybody. Uh, by the way, big uh, uh, congratulations here in the office. Brooks, Brooks' son, my son, uh, both made first team all region. Uh, good luck to all the teams that are in the finals competing for a state championship here in Arizona this weekend. And uh, I'm going to get a, a, a cloth, wipe myself down, slap myself around, get out of this food coma. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the CBO's plans for debt reduction. 800-951-0592. A sweaty, a sweaty Friday here in the hole in the stealing studios. My buddies are all texting me wanting to go get one of these burritos. You know, they got that show on TV, Man vs. Food. Have you ever seen it? And the guy, like these... Pl- not all these restaurants do it, but some of these restaurants, they have the, uh, like a contest. If you can eat a stupid amount of food, like, I mean, like three, four, five pounds of food, right? You, you get a t-shirt and a free meal or something. And the guy, you know, there's, you got like one hour to eat it all and he tries to do it. And he never, you know, I should say every once in a while, he usually loses, kind of like I lost with this burrito today. But that's who I feel like. If you've ever seen that show, I got the sweat pouring down. I want to take a nap. Uh, It it sucks getting old. You know, last, uh, well, I guess it was a few weeks ago, I was telling you, I've been playing pickleball. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm loving it. I'm digging it. 
You know, and, and for those of you, if you don't know what pickleball is, Google it. But it's it's kind of a version of it's mini miniature tennis, kind of like slash paddle ball slash ping pong, right? But it, but it's uh you know if you running around the tennis court, uh, if you no longer can do that, try pickleball. And me and my buddies, we we play Tuesday nights. It's kind of our thing. And we played on Tuesday, and usually I need three or four days after a Tuesday pickleball before I'm ready to do anything other than uh, take a walk. Well, we've been talking about getting a bowling team together because we're bored. You know, our kids are older now. Most of my buddies are empty nesters. Uh, There's a few of them that are like me. You know, like my my youngest son, he's 18 years old. He's a senior in high school. I mean, he's getting ready to go play football at the University of San Diego. I mean, getting ready to leave the house. And let's face it, at this age, we only see him when he's hungry or he needs money. And he really doesn't need us for anything else. You know, he's got a car and he drives himself. So we're just trying to, you know, stay busy. So we're like, yeah, that'd be, yeah, we should look into having a bowling team. And I'm, I'm a horrible bowler, by the way. I've been married to my wife for 21 years. And I bet we've gone bowling 21 times, right? About once a year, we'll go bowl. We'll bring the boys with us. And in 21 years... I've beaten my wife once in 21 years, and that was just last year because she's getting older as well. But but uh, I'm not a great bowler. But anyway, yes, we want to play. We want to create a bowling team. And yesterday we decided, you know, one of the guys he made some calls, and and uh, the, the, there's an alley near our house. They got leagues that start in January. And we, we're like, we need to check it out. So yesterday, five of us, we went bowling. You know, we met, uh, met and, and, and had something to eat. Then we went to the bowling alley because we want to, you know, check it out. It was about the sixth or seventh frame. I'm actually, I'm having a, a career best day. Right. I've already got like I've already got like over a hundred, which was you know, that's already really good for me. And I go to bowl and something in my leg just just is like, dude, what are you doing? Right? Uh you just played pickleball the other day. You're not ready for this. And I I finished the first game wounded. Uh, by game number two, I was out. One of my other buddies, all of a sudden, uh, at, at the at the start of the second game, the, his right arm, which you know, where he was right-handed, oh, oh, he's in agony, right? His pickleball arm. Oh, it was a train wreck. It was great. Uh, so anyway, I'm supposed to try to play golf today, and, and I'm 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 nervous. I don't know that I, my body can take it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do something. I I I, I gotta. I know this. Uh, no more food comas 
uh, maybe that'll help me out. But I, I just wanted to share that with you so you all of you out there can uh, make fun of me. I'm sure you've been there. I mean, how? Come on. Bowling? Really? I can't bowl. I can't. You know, you go up there, you get to the step, you, you take the ball, and what is it? Three steps, maybe four steps before you got to, you know, bowl the ball down the lane. I can't even get that done. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Have pity on me. Buy some gold for me so I can buy a gym membership. 800-951-0592 that I'm not going to use. So I've already got like four of them, and I don't use any of them. Speaking of using the federal government, boy, don't they love to spend money? Remember when there was things called fiscal conservatives, right? I'm a fiscal conservative. Yes, I, I want to balance the budget, right? Remember the talks of balanced budgets and all that stuff? And then yesterday, of course, we learned probably the most devious, underhanded thing ever. That the central bank decided, dude, we're just going to stop telling people how much money the banks need to borrow every day. And I was telling you yesterday that what's happened is, you know, the banks at the end of the day, they got to transfer the money, right, to, to pay mortgages, rents, this, that, car payments, health insurance, all that stuff. And they used to borrow from each other. One bank would be short one day. Another bank would have extra reserves, and they would say, hey, here's $100 billion of debt. You give me the cash so I can make these payments. And then the next day, I'll give you $100 billion, and you give me my debt back. That's kind of how it went. Now, nobody has excess money. Hey, I don't have $100 billion to give you today. Matter of fact, I need $100 billion. And so normally what a bank in normal times would do is they would start selling some of their portfolio, some of their debt, right, and raise some cash. The problem is when you do that, you set the market. And, of course, remember I told you how the banks – have been lying about the write-downs. One of the ways that they get to lie about the write-downs is, hey, we didn't sell any debt, so it's still at full price. And we learned yesterday that the central bank is now loaning banks $2.5 trillion a day, every day. And then the federal government, the budget numbers have come out for the first two months of 2021. So remember, uh, 2021, fiscal 2021 started in October. According to the latest numbers, for the first two months of fiscal year 2021, the deficit has totaled $430 billion. Uh, the good news is, is that's only about $2.6 trillion. Uh, but you remember, we were going to have, we we're going to get two stimulus bills for 2021 
So we, we could see, I could easily see a $5 trillion budget deficit for 2021. By the way, that is a 25% increase from last year's number. They said spending by the government was up 9%. Well, revenues were down 3%. Now, here's the funny thing. Individual income tax and payroll tax receipts is down 4%. Which I was like, oh, that's actually better than I thought. Only down 4%. Corporate income taxes somehow are down 13%. What? Yeah, wait a minute. The, the stock market's at all-time highs. Aren't these guys making huge profits? The answer is no. And of course, you know this. I've told you. Take out the what I call the big six stocks. The rest of the stock market, really, as far as EBITDA goes, not a pretty picture, down 13%. Deficits, which have been rising dramatically, are now on another record pace. The official number for 2020 was $3.13 trillion. The actual number, as I've told you all, was about four point five. but we're, we're splitting here's here. In light of this, in light of the, the big deficits, the Congressional Budget Office has come up with 83 ways to trim the deficit. And I was like, okay. Now they're saying that these are just, you know, kind of like, we're just spitballing here. We went around the room. Who's got an idea? We're not saying, they wanted to be very clear. Hey, we're not saying that this is going to happen, but here's the list. That they well, here's part of the list. It's not the whole list. Reducing funding for international affairs programs. Now, I don't know what programs they're talking about, but that's a hundred billion, hundred and seventeen billion dollars. Setting caps on federal spending for Medicaid. That's anywhere, depending on what cap you said, I guess, anywhere from $350 billion to a trillion dollars. That's a big one. Of course, no way that could happen. Are you kidding me? You know how many people are on Medicaid? And then say, these are the worst, you know, the poorest people are on Medicaid. Hey, you only can have, you know, $1,000 worth of medical attention, right? That, that Not very practical, but it's an option. Cutting the Defense Department budget? I guess how big of a cut? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this about the Defense Department cuts. Go ask Minneapolis how it's going as they've been cutting uh, the living daylights out of their police def- department. Ask them, ask the residents how they feel about the crime there. That, that's, that's probably not a great answer, even though, let's face it, we spend a lot on defense. Here's another one. We talked about this the other day. Increasing the payroll tax cap 
for Social Security. You know, that's that's coming. And they say that could be anywhere from $647 billion to over $1 trillion. And again, I've already kind of told you, that's got to happen. Right? And we... I don't see how we uh, – we need at least a 50% increase in the Social Security payroll tax. Or we got to cut the benefits, one or the other. And more than likely, we need both. Eliminating itemized deductions. Probably coming. $1.7 trillion, right? You got to remember how big – the deficits are going to be. This is the third program where they said, hey, we could save over a trillion dollars potentially. We still haven't gotten anywhere close to a balanced budget, especially if we're looking five or ten years down the road. But wait, I'm saving the best for last. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. Stupid burrito. Killing me. <laughs> Whoo, Friday, man. Telling you. I'm banged up. My hip hurts. Got the meat sweats. I'm in a food coma. And we're trying to figure out how are we going to save some money? Now, by the way, all the numbers I'm giving, you know, a trillion, a hundred billion, that's over 10 years. So it's not like a trillion a year. Right? So, so, when we're talking about uh, cutting Medicare, as an example, right? they're talking about cutting, you know, putting a freeze or a cap on how much, you know, think about this. Most people, they don't want to get sick. Most people don't want to get hurt, right? Most people don't want to get COVID or cancer or any of these other things. I mean, could you imagine you're, you you had to go to the hospital for something, and they're like, "Up, oh, well, nope, you hit your cap, <laughs> you hit the maximum there, sorry, you got to go." We're 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 only able to complete half of the surgery. You had to leave the other half in there because you you ran out of money. These are the things that you know we got to start talking about. The last one. Of the options. This is another one. I very much see happening. Right along with the electronic digital dollar. A value added tax. Some of you might, you know, also known as the VAT tax. And the reason why I think it's likely because, like, Japan already has it and uh, I think some members of the EU have it, right? It's coming. And, and what that is, is just another another tax at the register, right? You're, you're at the grocery store, uh, you're, you're, you're at Home Depot, uh, you're buying a car, you're buying a house, uh, whatever it is you're buying. You know, maybe you had to call the plumber. The CBO saying, you know, at 5%, like 5%, it's a lot. 
whatever happened to what happened to one or two percent, three percent, no five percent. So think about everything you buy and throw in another five percent value added tax on it. One point eight to two point eight trillion dollars. Again, over ten years. So so here's here's where things stand now. We've got one of the greatest bubbles of all time. And again, we know bubbles. Every every bubble we have is always bigger than the previous one. And 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 it works that way because they don't want to get rid of all the debt. Because that would force the banks to admit that they're not very solvent, right? And the and the fact of the matter is you just have inflation, even though they try to convince us that we don't. Go back to what I taught you yesterday about how since September of 2019, the central bank has a window. They call it the, a window. It's not really a window, but, you know, per you know, to, to visualize what we're talking about, visualize a window, okay? And there's the, the Federal Reserve guy is, is on the one side of the window. And all the banks, they're in line, okay? J.P. Morgan comes up. How much do you need? Well, I, 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 need, I need $100 billion. Okay. You give us $100 billion worth of whatever, and and here's the hundred billion in cash. Next, and then B of A and Wells Fargo and City. Now remember, used to be the banks could do this with each other, right? Because hey, I don't need all, all my money today. But now the all the banks, they got the same problem. I don't have any money either because I've been forced to buy all these treasuries. <laughs> right? I. I, I don't have any. And one way to get them to get enough money, so every day, they do the same thing every day. J.P. Morgan goes to the bank, uh, the window, every day. And it used to be when it first started, and, I, and I'll never forget it, it first started, and again, this was before COVID. Right? We, believe me, COVID didn't do this. COVID sped some things up, but this was happening already. It may have been $50 billion. And I don't know if you remember, they used to have uh, when, when, uh, $50 billion a day when that wasn't enough. Okay, we'll go to $100 billion a day. And some days they would use all $100 billion. Some days they wouldn't. But then they started realizing, oh, wait, on Tuesdays and Fridays, we got a bigger problem. We'll have a special one. And by, the, by, by March of 2020, they, were, they had all kinds of special operations. And the total, I, you know, who knows? The weekly total was a couple hundred billion dollars, you know. And then all of a sudden in July, it disappears. 
thought the window was closed because they had said it was only a temporary problem. It's just going to be for a little while. And I just, you know, assumed, oh, well, they stopped. Okay. I guess it's okay. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's okay. And I kept saying to myself, how can these banks be saying that they're making money when 30% of, of commercial businesses aren't paying rent? They're saying up to 30 million Americans aren't paying the rent or the mortgage where they live. Now we know. See, and this is why the banks has normally, okay, if I can't borrow it from another bank, I'll sell some of mine. Just sell some of your debt. It's easy. You say they have value. Sell some of that commercial real estate. Sell some residential mortgages. Hell, sell some treasuries. Treasuries, they're triple A rated. Here's the problem. Nobody wants to buy them. All the other banks are like, eh, no thanks. Dude, I've got the same problem you've got. And then the people that would buy them, because believe me, there's a price, is nowhere close to what the banks say they're actually worth. So they can't sell them because otherwise all the banks would have to admit how insolvent they really are. Pizza Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. I'm just laughing. During the break, one of my buddies, we went bowling, you know, he sent me a picture of his arm. It's swollen black and blue and then you know i hurt my leg i left another one of the guys threw his back out after i left so yeah we uh we're we're down to water aerobics cards and dominoes so we're we're ready for the senior center talking about the cbo's recommendations talking about now how bad is it that the central bank was so worried about telling us that this problem that started in 20, uh, September of 2019, and remember, Bank of America warned them in like April when they were quote-unquote selling down the balance sheet. And, and of course, now the balance sheet's doubled. Saying, what are you guys, what what are you looking at? We got a problem. And now the banks are like, listen, none of the other banks want this stuff. Because we've all got the same problem. Let me, let me ex- explain a few things that you probably don't know. Do you know who the largest owner of Japanese stocks are. Do you know? It's not pension funds. It's not Japanese banks. It's the Japanese Central Bank. 
And, of course, as you know, the Japanese stock market really hasn't gone anywhere for decades. This is what we've got to look forward to when this bubble finally breaks. The European Union is now the largest holder of German debt, Italian debt, French debt, right? Look at our central bank. Eight trillion dollars in counting. Plus the fact this 2.5 trillion, they don't even count that. Right? They wanted us all to believe it was it, it just disappeared. But when they stopped telling us the daily number was under a hundred and fifty billion. Then the first week of June, it jumped to like $300 billion and then it went away. And according to FSOC, who, believe me, nobody wants to read the FSOC's reports. I mean, you talk about snooze fest. You talk about a food coma. Yeah, try to read that thing. They kind of let it slip. That the central bank's now loaning $2.5 trillion a day. And the realities are, all of those things to avoid the banks from simply just selling it. Right? First of all, the central bank doesn't have $2.5 trillion. They just make it up out of thin air. Sell it. Just sell some debt. I get it, right? You've been overwhelmed by the amount of debt out there. And now you don't have enough cash on hand to meet the needs of the people that have accounts at your bank. Sell some of the debt. Simple. Right? Think about J.P. Morgan Chase has $55 trillion of derivatives. Hey, I got a crazy idea. Sell, because let's face it, of the $2.5 trillion, J.P. Morgan probably has, I don't know, about $250 billion of it, right, give or take. Maybe a little less, maybe a little more right in there. $250 billion. You got $55 trillion of derivatives. I got a crazy idea. Give yourself a little cushion. Sell $500 billion worth. Sounds simple. Sounds logical. Everybody out there listening go, yeah, that's nothing. Right? That's nothing. That's like 1% of your derivatives. Here's the problem. If they did that, they'd find a price. And the problem is, J.P. Morgan or B of A or Wells Fargo, they may have to put up 700, 800, heaven forbid, a trillion to get 500 billion. Even if they had to, you know, even if they only had to put up, say, 
$600 billion to get $500 billion. The problem would be that'd be, I got to mark it down 20%. I can't do that. Heck, I can't even mark it down 10%. If I had to mark down $55 trillion by 10%, that'd be a $5.5 trillion loss. <laughs> this is the problem. And we look at all, look at sky high housing prices, right? That's such a, listen, the banks own no mortgages practically. You know who the largest owner now of housing debt in the United States? It's our central bank. Yeah? Why do you think that is? Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour final show of the week. Uh, happy birthday uh, to Brittany, uh, our newest employee. Is her birthday today? Happy birthday to my wife. Uh, it's my wife's birthday on Sunday. Uh, and everybody else, you know what? Happy birthday to everybody, right? Why not? Uh, blow out the candles because the party's over. If you know what I mean. That's why you got to put some gold away. This is why it's a hedge. Because what what can go right, what can go wrong? Here's the next problem. Interest rates are rising. Right? And I've already told you there it's it's not practical for the United States to go negative. If they go negative, it does it's another calamity for the bank. So rates at zero, it's about as low as they can go. Then they do this. They buy down like the mortgage rate, right? But you notice the 10-year note keeps flirting with 1%. If it breaks 1.02, and I don't know why it's important, some chart somewhere. If it breaks above 1.02, They're saying the 10-year note's going to go to 2%. That's what they're saying. Remember, banks start losing money when bond yields start rising if you're holding them. And so they're already, they already can't sell them. And normally right now, if the banks saw this coming, think that's coming, right, they would be dumping debt and hedging positions and doing this and that and the other, but they can't sell them because none of the other banks will buy them. Because banks will, they'll buy, you know, hey, I'll, I'll say your stuff's worth it if you say my stuff's worth it, right? We played that game. Can't play that game. Now the only one that can buy them is the central bank. And that's what they've been doing. But the central bank, they don't want to buy junk. They only want to buy, you know, the, the good paper, right, the, the, the treasuries. So if this happens in 2021, and most people aren't talking about, they're all, they're all talking about the vaccine and this and that and getting back to normal, that's not going to happen. 
Rates are not going to stay low forever. Because when you look at what the issue is, you're like, okay, that just doesn't work. The math doesn't work. That dog doesn't hunt. And this is why you put gold and silver away. Because there's very few scenarios where the outcome works out. I don't know how it works out. I don't know a scenario that it works out. Look at what I just told you the deficit numbers were for the first two months. So who the hell bought $423 billion worth of debt in the last 90 days? Remember what Jamie Dimon said? Hey, outside of the stuff we're forced to, I wouldn't buy a 10-year treasury with a 10-foot pole. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Get your gold put away. Listen, we'll wheel and deal. Call us. We got a lot of great things available. God bless everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.